The vet is in on KFGO. Dr. Doreen Winning joins us once a month, the third Tuesday of the month. It's nice back-to-back this month with the people doctor on Monday and the pet doctor on Tuesday. She is from Valley Vet on Main Avenue here in Fargo. Dr. Winning, welcome back to KFGO. It's great to be back with you guys. It is so cold out right now for our little pups. It is. talk about our pets in the cold weather. Yeah, we should talk about that because I had an experience with one of my own dogs going outside. And if any of you out there have smaller dogs, you can be really struggling right now. I feel like the bigger dogs are okay going out. They've got it together, though their feet might get a little bit frozen up from time to time. But it seems like the smaller dogs, smooth hair coat dogs, have a little bit more of a struggle factor with it. And I do have one dog named Julie that does not like to go outside when it's cold, when it's windy, or when it's raining. And so now we have a season where it's cold and windy. So we're really struggling at my house right now with Julie going out. And so I made her go out one day, go down her ramp, and she was outside for probably 30 seconds and came back in just screaming. And so then you're wondering, okay, where is the pain? You're going over, putting your hands on their body. And it was her ears, of all things. Her ears were really cold, and she would scream when I would try to warm up and rub her ears. And so I've had that happen with dogs in the past that their, you know, big flappy ears tend to have problems, especially if they get them wet. So things to be thinking about, you know, are you going to put a cap on your dog? Probably not, but just making sure that you're watching at the patio door, the door, making sure, or even going out there with them if you have to, to make sure that they aren't struggling because some dogs will do what I call get gimped up and they can't really get back to the door very well. And in those cases, it might be worthwhile to just try to help them along to get back in. Because we don't want, dogs can easily get frostbite as well. You you don't worry about establishing new, uh, I guess, new training with a dog. Like if you go out there with it, like eventually the dog's like, well, you have to come outside for me to go potty. You know, that's a good question. But I think in the summer months, there's enough of a lure for most dogs to say, hey, you know, it's pleasant out. I want to get outside. There's new sights, sounds and smells out here and I want to explore. But in the winter months, that's less. It's more painful to go outside. And so it tends to be more of a struggle. So not necessarily, though, I can see your point in that you have to maybe do some retraining issues as spring comes on for certain dogs. And I'm not a person that really would go the route of having my dogs house trained, though I know there are people with small dogs like chihuahuas and teacup poodles that do do that, have litter boxes for dogs. It can be done. A litter box for a dog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone has texted in, we leave a piddle pad at the door just in case if it's too, or if it's just too cold. And I've, I've seen that, but like an actual litter box, really? Yes. Yep, they they make them for dogs. And, you know, when I I was complaining to my dog's breeder uh, earlier this week, and I'm just like, oh, she's driving me crazy. And she's like, just house trainer. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. She's going to yeah. go outside um, just like my other dogs do. So, you know, it, I'm just not, I don't want to clean out a litter box. Yeah. I just don't. If you can somehow get to a place that's not as windy or get on the other side of the wind, mm-hmm. get on one side of the house that is the least windy, that maybe will help. I don't know. I I have dogs that are okay with going out, 
I mean, they're, you know, trying to play with the kids when mm-hmm. it's 15 below outside. Well, you'd have bigger dogs, yeah. too. Yeah, I do. I have big dogs. Um, but even then, I have to be like, okay, y- you look miserable mm-hmm. and you're shaking. You know, the kids are coming in- inside like, the dogs are shaking. It's yeah. like, okay, well, come inside so the dogs come inside for a minute. But Well, yeah. and that's one of my biggest fears, too, is that you leave, you forget. I mean, you might get started with a yes. task or something and you suddenly, you've forgotten and the dogs can't jump up. I have one dog that has been debarked as a show dog. I did not debark him myself. He came to me debarked. He cannot bark. And so I don't know when he needs to come in short of him jumping on the patio door. And if their feet are all frozen up, they can't jump. So you really almost need to be there. I saw a neat thing online where someone had invented essentially, it was like a raised platform for their garage that had f- like a fake turf on top of mm-hmm. it. And so they said, when it gets to be really bad out, and this is in ca- northern Canada somewhere, they said, we let the dog into the garage to and they the do bathroom. their bathroom. And so mm. it looks as outside. They had a fake little uh, 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 fire hydrant and everything with it. Like, I mean, they did a lot of <laughs> yeah, work to make it look a like different the outside. Tra- they're in a different tax bracket than I am. <laughs> um, someone else said, Doc, we adopted a Shih Tzu pup he is two years old every three months or so he develops an ear infection we take him into the vet they do two doses of medication and three months later it comes back could this be caused by allergies because he is always scratching i ordered a hair test kit for allergies but have not sent it yet yes very definitely ear infections chronic ear infections can be related to atopy we call it or allergies and we oftentimes have dogs that are repeat offenders. They just keep getting those ear infections back. And there are certain things, and everybody's an individual, but there are certain things that we can do to help prevent ear infections, whether it is cleaning daily. Some dogs need to have their ears just wiped out daily. Some dogs need to have a good ear cleaning once a week or every few days. Some dogs, if you start cleaning them too much, you upset the, what I call, microbiome of the ear And so all those defense mechanisms the ear has for infections, if owners are cleaning too aggressively, you can disrupt and they can get ear infections more frequently. So you really have to try to find a balance. And that's probably one of the biggest biggest challenges that owners can have is how often do I clean my dog's ears? I clean my dog's ears when they're dirty. Um, When they're stinky, smelly, you know, then those are signs that they have ear infection. If they're smelly ears, you get a lot of debris. Uh, and they're itching their ears. So those are things to watch out for. I have an adult male cat that says whose anal glands were expressed. Is this something to watch going forward? A cat. A cat. Cat anal gland issues are not as much of a problem as it tends to be in dogs. But yes, cat anal gland issues can, we're on the topic of allergies, can be related to allergies as well. Sometimes it's a manifestation of not having enough fiber in their diet. And so talk to your veterinarian about that if you're noticing that there are problems with anal glands in your cat. The vet is in on KFTO. Dr. Doreen Winning joins us. Um, Let's go back to the text club here. Elder English Springer Spaniel dog who has lost their hearing. Just leave it or is there a fix? Dogs will lose their hearing as they start to age. And for some people, they can notice it very suddenly, whether it's been coming on very um, gradually or not. They just suddenly notice their dog isn't hearing as well. Or it can be some people do notice uh, that there is a gradual onset. 
And so it can happen either way. And age-related hearing loss is normal uh, for dogs. And so just work with your dog. Sometimes we have to do a little bit more with um, body language, sign language, instead of auditory senses and hearing. So work on that with your dog. It might be a new opportunity for some training. Someone else wants to know, this is an interesting question. Does neutering a female cat lessen their ability to be a good mouser? I haven't found that to be the case. Okay. Okay. So no, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> uh, I've got a, a an AKC question for you. Yes. So the American Kennel Club, for those of you who are not in the know. Uh, Thank you, JJ. <laughs> I was reading an article about how they've they announced a new breed that's part of their, you know, I guess the acceptable breeds or breeds that they actually the the Lancashire Healer. I can't ever remember them adding another breed, but they must, on a semi regular basis, be adding yeah. new breeds, right? They do. They add new breeds, as far as I'm aware, annually. Really? Yeah. So. There are every year you can watch Westminster Kennel Club and they'll go over some of the new breeds. I know um, over the holiday, Philadelphia Kennel Club, I think, has a dog show that's on TV and they'll discuss new breeds. So, yeah, the AKC does regularly admit new breeds. It, I mean, it must not just be, you know, well, one off. I mean, these breeds have been around for a little while and they kind of are, are vetted a little bit, maybe? Yeah. And, I'm not exactly sure what their criteria are, but yes, I mean, they need to establish breed lines. And so you can't just go out there and breed, you know, a Shih Tzu to a Pomeranian and say, I have Shih Poms, you know, and that's my new breed. But there are certain criteria that you have to follow to establish. Uh, Is the AKC something that people, I mean, that used to be the name Mm -hmm. that I remember back in the day of like, you wanted to make sure it was accredited through the AKC is that still the case, or are are we leaning towards other groups? Well, you know, AKC is probably the best known group as far as dog breeds go. But the thing to remember, if you have an AKC registered dog, it does not dictate health status, and so it does not just because of a just because a dog is registered through AKC, it does not say anything about. My dog is never going to have hip dysplasia. My dog is never going to have eye problems or anything else. What you need to do to guarantee or reasonably guarantee that your dog is going to be healthy as it ages is talk to a reputable breeder and purchase a puppy. You know, if you want a certain breed, purchase a puppy from a reputable breeder that cares about the genetic lines that they're breeding in the pedigrees. I mean, I can't even imagine the questions I would ask right at the get-go. If I'm wondering, you know, do you wonder about the the health of the direct parents of that animal or mm-hmm. do you look further on down the line? Well, in breeding dogs myself, I know that and there's a lot that I don't know, but I do know that things can go back generation after generation. And so you're going to want a breeder that really does not just say, OK, I've got um, my male and I've got a female And I think I'll just breed them. It's, I can tell you from my experience with breeders, it is a study. And we might change our minds, you know, every other day until, you know, we settle on something that, okay, I've researched this sire. I've researched this dam. These are the pedigrees that line up reasonably. I mean, you're looking at things like bites and, you know, 
breed confirmation, how closely can we get to breed standards with, you know, the the dam and the sire? And if somebody has a, you know, a, a problem like their movement or whatever, you want to breed to somebody that is going to complement that problem. So you have the best opportunity to get a litter that brings the best of both worlds together. Okay. I mean, a, a lot to digest there, but uh, certainly a lot to think about because right. I think the unfortunate fact is you hear more about those breeders who are not That's as uh, honorable. Nine times out of 10, it's, you know, breeders that really do are trying to do something good, but they don't have the pedigree and the genetic background that is the best. Gotcha. The vet is in on KFGO. Dr. Doreen winning from Valley Vet on Main Avenue here joins us once a month to take all of your pet questions. Okay, we got some questions coming in. My ragdoll is a static electric disaster. Any suggestions? <laughs> Humidifier house. There you go. Humidifiers, humidifiers, humidifiers. Is that Get something them all people out. ask about on a regular basis? No, I can't think that I've ever had anybody ask about that. I'm trying to know. But, I mean, it's all it a matter sense. of humidity. Mm-hmm. So, Yep, there you go. Uh, when you buy an AKC dog from a breeder, why can they charge extra for breeding purposes and even more for showing? Because when when we have a litter, we are looking at confirmation and what is most closely represents breed standard, in our opinion, in the breeder's opinion. And so those dogs are going to be more highly sought after for the show world. And so along with that comes the pedigree and breeding rights. And so, yes, those dogs, because of their pedigree, their confirmation, they're going to have a higher price because they're meant for breeding and the owners want them to be bred in the future. Versus your pet dog, we all have um, litters that can be some or all pet quality, and those ones will sell for less. Okay. Do products like Nature's Miracle work? My last cat had a few accidents in the house during the last year of his life. I cleaned the spots with Nature's Miracle. I would like to adopt another cat, but I'm concerned the new cat will mark. Is there a way to prevent marking? Well, the first thing I'll say for marking behavior is you're going to want to spay and neuter your animal as, you know, as young as six months of age. That will help from the the marking behavior starts out as a hormonal thing and then it becomes a learned behavior where it's established in their brain as a learned behavior. And so if you can catch it before it becomes that learned behavior by neutering or spaying, you're better off. Yes, female cats can mark just as well as male cats can. So um, if they're Marking, if they're urinating on a vertical surface, that traditionally is more consistent with marking behavior as opposed to urinating outside the litter box is usually just a behavioral thing would be on a horizontal surface. So um, trying to get the scent out can be a problem. And I almost would recommend that you consult a professional on that because it is very, very tough to get it out. And using enzymatic cleaners tends to be the best, but I also am not up to date on all the options that uh, cleaners have available it seems like everyone's got their own trick right Mm -hmm. some are like i put a little cinnamon in the mix here (laughs) or i do a little of this i do a little of this yeah and they'll always you know they'll always find that spot and so it can be a real challenge and 
and that is one reason why I do not have carpet in my house. It just does not work with pets. As well-intentioned as you can be and you think, okay, my dogs are so well-trained, accidents happen all the time. So I'm just, I don't have carpet. It's a good plan. Yeah. Um, Someone else said, my rescue beagle, Dachshund, is has recently developed a bad limp, back right leg, had diagnostic appointment last week. Radiology says knee impossible ACL surgery. She is 13 years old. No injury that we know of. Any other possibilities besides surgery? Well, you know, you always have two categories of treatment, medical versus surgical. And, you know, it's a conversation that I have with my clients in general when you have an ACL tear or CCL tear, we call it in dogs more often, uh, which is best for my dog? And that would depend on, you know, first and foremost, um, you know, is it to a benefit of the dog to go through surgery? Sometimes when they're very aged and, you know, have other concurrent health conditions going along with that, sometimes surgery isn't an option. Sometimes finances are, you know, we're just on a budget as pet owners. And so, Spending a lot of money on a surgery at this point in time is not an option. So we have to think about things like medical treatment in those cases. And I truly think acupuncture is a cornerstone of pain control in many of these dogs. I've had dogs have what we call bilateral cruciate injuries where both knees are affected at the same time. They blow out at the same time. And they come in on a stretcher and they have walked out after an acupuncture session. So I know it works. It doesn't work the same for every dog, but it certainly can help. The other thing is non-steroidal anti-inflammatory pain relief. We can add on to that with things like sometimes we use gabapentin. Sometimes we have to use other medications along with GABA and um the non-steroidal anti-inflammatories. So there are many options that are not surgical, and I would talk to your veterinarian specifically about your dog's conditions and go from there. There's another question here. Is the T-flick, T-tick flea, oh boy. (laughs) Is the tick flea combo pill considered safe? They are. I have a lot of clients that are on oral flea tick preventatives and boy it's been I would say oh at least five years since we they've just been a staple in our practice and I haven't had really any significant um, side effects or adverse reactions that really stick out in my mind I mean there's there's going to be some animals that yeah causes stomach upset like any oral medication can so in those cases, we sometimes will go to topical or collars. But for the most part, yes, they work well. Uh, I've noticed that a lot of people are starting to travel with their pets, mm-hmm. right? Especially if you're going to take a month in Florida. The work from home movement has really changed that. If someone's considering going on a long-term vacation or maybe they snowbird in the south, what are some things they should consider about their new environment and their pet? Well, I think, you know, you bring up the flea tick issue. I mean, that's a huge concern. A lot of people up here aren't aware that we do have fleas in the winter and we do have animals that come in, the owners stop their flea tick prevention in like, say, October, and they come in with fleas two months later. And so, yes, we do have problems here. Yes, flea and tick prevention, not because we're necessarily worried about ticks in February, though sometimes we can be. 
they should just be on it year-round. So when you're traveling down south, you don't have to worry about that issue at all. Heartworm also is even more prevalent down south than it is here, and so we have to worry about that. And then there are regional things with countries, um, with parts of the country. And so talking to a veterinarian, if you're going to spend a significant portion of time in a certain part of the country, maybe just have an office visit with a veterinarian in that location so that you are aware of any regional problems or health conditions that they might have going on. I mean, this cough, canine Mm -hmm. respiratory complex is one example. I mean, you might not have it in certain parts of the country and then in other parts it's rampant. So talk to a veterinarian once you get there. I'm also a, a, a big follower online of people who put their pets in Instagram stories and stuff like that. Do you follow any of that? I mean, I have to imagine like, you know, animals are your business, yeah. but you probably love watching some of that stuff, right? You know, it's, it's so hard for me. No, JJ, really? I don't. And when I get home from work, there's so many other things that I'm doing, so many other groups that I'm involved in that I rarely have time to... Don't worry, Amy and I'll start sending you the... <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll find the good ones and we'll send them straight to you. Dr. Winning is here. The vet is in on KFGO the third Tuesday of every month. And it's from 1 to 2 o'clock live, so you can always get your questions in. Someone said, is this the time coyotes start breeding and we should start keeping a better eye on our pets when they are outdoors someone wants to know I tell you oops sorry no, uh, let me fault. tell you I think that you should always be vigilant for coyotes because you know I, I have a farm and I'm always concerned about them it doesn't matter if it's breeding season or not because your pet is potentially at risk if you have a small dog cats they're going to be at risk no matter what. So, you know, be aware of it. And, um, you know, pets should always be supervised. I have a reasonably sized piece of property, and I don't let them just go rampant over the whole thing. I also worry about, you know, raptors. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Birds of prey, not the dinosaur. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to assume. Not velociraptors. Right. Um, but, okay, I worry about that. We've got a dog that weighs under five pounds, mm-hmm. and you hear horror stories about people who say, "Oh, an eagle's nest, bur- you know, blew over, yeah. and they found two collars in it, and like it." And we we've seen some hawks in our neighborhood, and I'm like, "Yeah, they just swoop down, pick up our little poodle, and be gone." And there's nothing I could do. Well, yeah, you start thinking about that, and should I tie balloons like helium know, balloons to him when he well, goes I know. out? Now? And I see eagles all the time out on my property and so I'm it's just something I think about you know what would you do there's probably not a whole lot you could do so yeah not unless like you keep a six shooter by your side and you're a real <laughs> good I shot think, right I think that's illegal isn't it well it depends on what part of the property you're on right <laughs> I mean to shoot an eagle yes an eagle yes yes but you know that's always like, it uh, doesn't matter where you're at that's illegal it's JJ not, it's not happening it's not that happening. doesn't get more legal <laughs> we always are within the confines of the law uh this time of year with it being so cold and like some of the, even some of those big dogs don't like to go out i always worry about exercise at this mm-hmm. time you know like so we've got a little dog and we'll chase him around the house a little bit and 
Yeah, JJ's I, like, I just chased, chased George around the house for about three minutes, and that, that dog yeah, is pooped. He's like, he's like, I got to go to sleep. But are you worried that he's not getting the appropriate amount of exercise that he needs? And I can definitely tell in the amount of food that he's eating yeah. that he's not burning as many calories. Well, thank you, because I've had this conversation many times in the last few weeks. Cut back on the food over the winter. Or go to a light formula food if you aren't already on that. But definitely cut back on the food over the winter. Dogs don't get as much activity. Now, the other thing we, Amy and I were just talking about on the break is that cabin fever sets in. And these dogs are going to find something to do. And it's probably not going to be what you want them to do. Because they need that mental and physical stimulation that, you know, we were going out on walks every day two, three times a day during the summer, and now all of a sudden it's 20 below and it's too cold to go out. So you have to be creative with things to keep your dog stimulated and out of trouble. You guys, this is hilarious. We were just talking about my friend Mike on the break off the air, but he just texted me and said, Kelly legit bought these for our dogs to wear at the lake because someone's on Eagle one time, and they are Raptor Shield puncture resistant <laughs> pet harnesses for small to medium dogs. Really? <laughs> so you can so buy a, coat a harness. Of armor. <laughs> <laughs> so that's an option. What does I it mean, make them heavier? Uh, what does it do? I don't know. I mean, puncture resistant. So what is it? Like what, a what are they wearing? Like a I mean the, the um, PVC thing. Oh my gosh! I mean they're they're a pretty penny. Could the like bird, you're gonna spend eighty seven dollars? Still pick. Like here's the thing, while it may not like be able to attack and like squeeze the dog, it very can still lightweight. fly away. Right? They're li- they're very lightweight. They're very lightweight. He says, um, you can get them for all sizes of dogs. It was designed and tested to give small dogs a fighting chance against vicious attacks from coyotes, hawks, and other predators. Mm. You can have some peace of mind knowing that your pet is protected at all times. Like, what are they made of? I don't know. That's crazy. But, but you know, it starts me thinking about seatbelts because I was in Chicago at a veterinary leadership conference a couple weekends ago. And... We were talking about seatbelt testing, restraint for dogs, and what, I mean, there's really not a whole lot of testing that has occurred, and so it'd be kind of interesting to find out what people out there are using for restraint, automobile restraint for their dogs. My dogs go in a kennel Yeah, that's tied down. I think the the tied down kennel is one of your best... Yes. Safety measures. We have bought the harnesses that the seatbelt goes through. I don't know if you've seen those before, mm-hmm. but like if you're in the back of a pickup, the kennel doesn't fit. Then there's like these harnesses they can wear that the seatbelt essentially goes through, much like you would strap in a, a kid's car seat. You can kind of strap the dog in. So, so we've the, used those too. So let's talk about this next time I come on okay. because um, testing, you know. Which products have been tested? Yeah, okay. versus Sounds just good. what yeah. are on the market. Yeah, yeah great idea. Um, okay, if someone wants to get a hold of you between now and then or they need an appointment at Valley Vet, how do they get a hold of you guys? We're at 3210 Main Avenue in Fargo. Our phone number is 232-3391, and we're online at valleyveterinary.net. Dr. Doreen Winning from Valley Vet, thank you so much for another great edition of The Vet is In. See you in February.